What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program. Raw and uncut, Jiggy Jag, you know how you do it. You know what I'm saying? Keeping it all the way live. Broadcasting live from Hutchinson, Kansas. Well, I'm sitting here with a linguist. I had a linguist. no idea. <laughs> I didn't know you were, but I didn't know that you were a wordsmith. <laughs> Call Jiggy right now. 267 22 Jiggy. Daddy Hunt. Hey, Jiggy, what's happening, man? It must be that uh, David Bowie song. Jiggy play guitar. Jeff. It's a great name, man. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Presenting. I'm, I'm Mike Massey, and uh, you know, you can catch me on Jiggy Jag TV and uh, see a few of my trick shots there. Thank you very much. Jiggy Jaguar. I never knew what freedom was until I saw you lose yours. Welcome to our fabulous, fabulous edition of the world famous Jiggy Jaguar Radio Program. Thanks for tuning in to the big broadcast from the KJG Radio Studios Monday through Friday. We are live each and every afternoon on the stream at JiggyJaguar.com. Our brand new free droid app, free iPhone app is available at JiggyJaguar.us. Stream the show live, 24-7 replay, exclusive news and programming information, all available on our app, cheekycheckbar.us. Selected editions will appear on iHeartRadio and AMFM247.com. 50-plus AMFM stations in the big network, including Red Nation Radio and ICRN. On-demand commercial-free podcasts are available on our website, cheekycheckbar.com. We've got a great, great series of guests with us today. It's, of course, our uh, Monday edition of our big program, and today we're going to be talking about the Orlando situation uh, that the uh, last night or yesterday morning that uh, took place. Everybody and their brother's been talking about it, and we're going to talk about it today with Dan Perkins, Don Mazzella, and our special guest today, Roy Barron, who uh, formerly of Voices of Global Freedom, and... Um, Roy is also running for uh, president as well, so we'll get uh, Dan and Don in here to kind of grill him as well. And uh, before we get Dan and Don on Skype, we've got Roy with us on the telephone. And um, Roy, uh, yesterday we had this uh, situation take place uh, all over news media. There's been all sorts of folks that have been talking about this. ISIS basically striking Orlando. Over 50 murdered by a radical Muslim. Um, Tell us a little bit about your thoughts of when you first heard about this yesterday. Tell us all about it. Well, my heart uh, goes out to all the families uh, affected. Uh, I want to say I'm really uh, saddened by this. And uh, I want to make sure that in the future that we have these kinds of events, we're going to have to have a lot of armed uh, security there. And I'm a big believer in guns uh, for everybody. I call them gun-heavy zones, so I'm against the gun control zones. That's the most Hold on just a sec, Roy. Hold on just a sec, my friend. I apologize. We've got Dan Perkins from TheHill.com. There he is. He's already yes, sir. Kill. And uh, we've got Don Mazzella as well uh, finding his way in here. And uh, we, we also have our special guest with us today, Roy Barron from Voices of Global Freedom. And um, Roy, uh, you were just giving us your take on the uh, ISIS situation, and then we're going to let Dan jump in there. Go ahead and uh, finish your thoughts, my friend, on that whole thing. Well, I'm in favor of uh, my good friend, Sheriff Joe Arapaio. I stand with him. I've interviewed him and talked with him. Let's get everybody having CCWs, getting trained, law-abiding citizens having guns. And had there been more people with guns in that Pulse nightclub, uh, there would have been a lot less uh, casualties, and the, the bad guy would have gotten killed a lot quicker. So I'm all about, uh, I call them gun-heavy zones. Yes, uh, We need them all yes. across America. Guns uh, for law-abiding citizens, but we could have set up a perimeter um, in these uh, future events, how we would go forward is uh, have more security um, and have uh, metal detectors, you know, when there's events with hundreds of people gathering, um, you know, it's not the ideal thing, but it's just the reality of the world that we live in. So 
the only way to get a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. So I'm all about uh, making sure that we get more guns out there. Roy Barron with us today, Voices of Global Freedom, and uh, he joins us live here on the telephone talking a little bit about... Uh, He's he's going to be chatting with us about his run for the uh, for the White House and uh, the what did you make of some of the uh, some of the presidential candidates and and their take on uh, on what happened? You had everybody from Donald Trump to uh, Bernie to uh, Hillary coming out and uh, and talking about this situation. What, what what do you make of what they said yesterday? Well, I put this out there as a problem with fundamental Islam and what I would do. Let's take a really hard look. I'm actually stronger than Trump when it comes to dealing with these issues. Uh, for example, I just got off the phone with Robert Spencer not too long ago, director of Jihad Watch, when he was attacked. And thank God we had a 60-year-old uh, street cop who put two bullets and killed the bad guys, the, the Islam terrorists. I would say the Phoenix Mosque that they came from, if I was president, I would completely destroy that mosque. It wouldn't exist the next day with the Army Corps of Engineers. So there's something infested like roaches growing in that Phoenix Mosque that caused them to drive all the way to Garland, Texas and uh, attempt to kill a lot of good people that were doing a freedom of speech rally. So I take it personally because I know the people who were in that building and had to go to a safe zone. It's horrible. Um, my heart goes out to Pamela Gillard, who um, put that together. I want to see more of these freedom of speech rallies and I don't want that to be current. Um, We've got Roy Barron with us today, and uh, Backpack uh, from Voices of Global Freedom. Join us today here in our broadcast. We're going to get Dan Perkins and Don Mazzella back in here here in just a few moments. We had a, a little bit of a uh, snafu on the Skype, and uh, we're, we're going to let them uh, chime back in here. We'll keep talking with Roy as we uh, get ready to pull them back in here on our big program for a Monday, 12 minutes after the hour. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Red Nation Radio, of course, our good friends at ICRN and AMFM247.com. Now, Roy, um, you, you've seen all these different things. What, what do you make of the fact that now it's coming out that uh, there, there was there's apparently cell phone video somewhere of uh, two shooters? Uh, the media doesn't really want to talk about this. Uh, what do you make of the fact that there was now two shooters? At least there's some, some grainy video out there showing this. Well, that just accounts to, uh, you know, I want to salute our brave FBI, Director Comey. Um, I do disagree with some of the other candidates. I, the FBI and Director Comey's in the... Yeah. Uh, we do have Obama who's... Oh, there we go. There we go. We're gonna we're gonna uh, reboot our Skype there, but go ahead, Roy. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead, my friend. Well, I just want to take this moment to salute all our FBI law enforcement. They're doing a wonderful job, and uh, you know, there's a, a lot of sides to this issue. But that uh, they need to. I know that they're going after that grainy guy who was also shooting in, in that situation. But uh, the answer is, as I said before, more guns. And when I become president, I'm running on a centrist pro platform, which means I'm going to take the best of the Republican, Democrat, and all the different parties, have, uh, including Libertarian, a lot of the ideas, and bring it in as a centrist candidate, the first one to be ever be elected in the United States. But I would meet with FBI Director Comey in the first day and say, what do you need uh, to protect American citizens? Because I know every fourth day an attempt is stopped. Uh, so I would say, let me know what you need, and I would double that. And uh, we got to have human intelligence, uh, human. Um, I think we, we have this drone stuff that we're using a lot, and we have incredible technology with satellites and all that, but I want to increase uh, human intelligence. So we, need, we need people looking at this data. So that's the answer uh, that I want to encourage more of. Uh, the, the term in the industry is called human, H-U-M-I-N-T. So the solutions that we have is definitely, Director Comey was in uh, and uh, meeting in the Congress, Capitol Hill, and uh, he was recently just begging for more help. And uh, we as Americans need to back our FBI and law enforcement and say, hey, you guys did a fantastic job. You know, of course, it wasn't the ideal. Uh, you know, I, I said my heart go out to all the families affected in Orlando. Um, but we can bring an end to this or, uh, you know, 
doubling our human intelligence and doubling uh, our FBI and our law enforcement. And really, I stand for Blue Lives Matter and what they do every single day. Um, and there's so many people behind the scenes that uh, are saving our lives every day and stopping. Uh, like I said, one every, every four days there's a new attempt to stop. So my heart goes out to all the families of our law enforcement and uh, FBI who are doing a great job. And I want to bring that up. I, I'm probably the only uh, person that you'll hear saying that. You're not hearing that on Fox News or CNN. No, or no, you, you, so, you, you are not hearing that anywhere. Um, what, why, why is that? What, 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 why, why, why do you think that that is? A uh, great question. I think our our country has become really polarized, and why I'm running as a centrist candidate is exactly that reason. Uh, the latest polls say that 70 percent of all Americans are centrist. They're somewhere in the believe they're in the middle, they're uh, or they're independent, which is in that centrist realm. And there's 15 percent on the left and 50 percent on the right. And so for the other 70% of Americans, which is the vast majority, it's the people on the left and the right who are messing it up for all of us. So they're all, uh, these talking heads are all about ratings, and they're yelling at each other left and right. But I'm um, being a centrist and bringing hard solutions. But, again, I just want to thank, thank all our FBI, law enforcement, and our military and CIA for doing a wonderful job uh, because you've prevented so many from happening that we don't even hear about. And they're not... Uh, it's a quiet professional. They're not the ones bragging about this or that or ego. They're all about, um, and that's the kind of see I run as a quiet professional myself. Uh, that you know, it's, it's about the team. It's about the teams we bring in. It's not about some one person. Uh, I do have to make this statement. Um, when Osama bin Laden was killed, there's a recent guy that's been on Fox. Uh, not going to say who it is, but he's claiming that he was the guy who killed Osama bin Laden. It wasn't just him. He came in with a team. He had the helicopters. He had all these other special forces that were with him that resulted in the killing of Osama bin Laden. So we got to give credit to all these teams and the unknowns. You know, there's stars on the wall at the CIA of people that they've done so much and they died in service to protect our country. Uh, I recommend everybody in our audience go read Art of War, which you can get on Amazon.com, and it talks about why we need intelligence, why we need uh, human intelligence gathering uh, people sifting through all this to stop uh, a future Orlando shooting or um, what happened in Garland, Texas, and, and all all the other, uh, San Bernardino, all the horrific attacks. I believe in doubling everything that uh, FBI Director Comey does, and I salute him. He's a great guy. He's doing a great job, and he is one of our greatest uh, heroes in our America. So God bless uh, FBI Director Comey. We've got, uh, we're going to try this again. <laughs> And we're going to see if we can get Dan Perkins and Don Mazzella on here. Uh, Skype has been giving us all sorts of fits today. There we are. I think I've got them. <laughs> Skype, all has right, been, sir. Skype has been giving me all sorts of fits. Um, we've got our guest, Roy Backpack Baron, with us on the telephone. Um, Dan, uh, give us your thoughts on uh, what happened in Orlando yesterday. Oh, I, as you can imagine, I've been on the phone constantly all day doing interviews all over the country. Um, I would say that the, the, my first reaction, Jim, was last night when I saw Geraldo Rivera on the scene live interviewing people who were in the club, various state and government officials. And I, I listened to what he said, and at one point during that um that process he was going through, he 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 said something that that I only thing I can say, Jim, is that it infuriated me because, and I'll tell you why it infuriated me. He said, "When are we going to learn that one of these days it's not going to be an AR-15, but it's going to be a chemical or nuclear weapon that's going to come into this country and kill not." 50 people or 100 or 3,000, but killed tens of thousands of people. At that moment, Jim, I was screaming at the television, will people please read my first book in the Brotherhood of the Red Nile trilogy, A Terrorist Perspective, so you can understand, begin the process of understanding why these people hate us so much? I told Don before the show that I was going to say something that I've been saying all day, and I've been getting some very 
strong reaction to what I said. So I'm going to repeat it for you, Jim. Okay. I believe that the that the blood of the people who died in that nightclub is on the hands of the Supreme Court of the United States. And the reason I say that, Jim, is that we live in a different world today. We live in a world where, as we're doing it here, we're doing Internet radio. We're talking over the Internet in a three-way call with me and you and your guest and, and then add Don for number four. So we can't live in a vacuum. But the arrogance of the Supreme Court of the United States to decide for the world that America was now going to redefine what marriage had been from the beginning of time of Adam and Eve, one man and one woman, to say it could be two men or two women, was the height of arrogance, and it inflamed the radical Islamic people who are opposed to any form of deviant behavior, as they call it, as in relationships between men and between women. We have been told, if you, if you look outside the United States and read some foreign media, we have, looked, we have seen example after example after example where in various countries throughout the Middle East, homosexual men have been thrown from the tops of buildings, they've been beheaded, they've been shot, they've been burned alive, because homosexual behavior is not acceptable under Sharia and the Koran. And as a result, when the Supreme Court decided that they were going to be the arbiters who's going to change the history of man by saying that marriage is now redefined a different way, I believe that it enraged the Islamic nations to want to take action against the United States. They told us, Jim, four days ago, that in Ramadan, both Europe and America would be attacked for their beliefs. And so, we make decisions without understanding what the consequences of those decisions will be. We have a president and a, and a former secretary of state who had a vision of what the Middle East was going to look like. They wanted regime change in Syria. They wanted regime change in Egypt, they wanted regime change in Iraq. They wanted regime change in Libya. They created, because of their arrogance and their inability to think beyond the end of their nose, turmoil that in the Middle East continues today long after she has left office. And we have warring factions all over the Middle East with chaos reigning. We have Saudi Arabia and Iran very close to blows. We have, we have Egypt desperately needing tourism and was destroyed by the, 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 the Islamic attack on the aircraft. There's huge turmoil in the Middle East. We, as a country, are responsible for some significant portion of that turmoil. And we are going to pay the price. I wonder, Jim, <clears throat> how many gays and lesbians and homosexuals and transgenders will have to be killed in the United States before they go underground. They're no longer public. That's my observation. Don Mazzella, what, what, what do you make of uh, what, 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 our, what our good buddy Dan is saying? Well, as I told him earlier, you can have your own opinion. Uh, I, I don't necessarily... I agree in principle with what he's saying. Um, uh, I don't know whether... I, I'm, I think I'm getting feedback on my uh, mic. But basically, what, I, what I'd like to say is uh, 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 homosexuals uh, and, and other... Uh, what Islamic people feel like deviant uh, people away from the Quran uh, are clearly an, um, a, a target for them. Uh, uh, ISIS and, and uh, the Islamics also understand that there's a schism in this country between 
cer certain parts of the um, um, of, of our population and the gay community, and they're seeking to exploit it. Well, what we haven't seen, but I fully expect to f f uh, see in the next uh, couple of days, are um, uh, further um, calls for, for uh, ways of, prote quote, protecting, unquote, the gay community. I just don't believe um, uh, that the gay leaders have done such a great job of advancing their cause and making them a protected class won't use this. And that's what I really object to, and that's what I'm really worried about. Now, Roy, uh, Roy Backpack Baron with us today, also from Voices of Global Freedom. Uh, Roy's a, a best-selling author as well, and uh, he's currently running for President of the United States. Uh, tell us your thoughts on what Dan and Don have both, uh, have both said here uh, on our program. Well, I personally... I believe in traditional marriage. I've been married uh, to a lady and, and divorced in my own life, but I also believe that uh, I'm okay with uh, the right to men and, uh, to homosexual marriage. I've got a nephew who is a homosexual, and I stand with him. I believe that he should be able to marry, uh, and we'll have a much more productive and cohesive society when we have gay marriage. So I support that as a centrist candidate for president. Um, I personally am a man who will... Uh, I'm single. I'm looking to. I've never been a homosexual myself, but I uh, would date a woman personally. I do believe there is a line, though, where I'm okay with uh, people who are gay and want to get married, but I think that I don't believe in the proselytizing part, where someone who's confused, 15 or 16, and they don't know what they're, whether they want, are homosexual or they're straight or or whatever, and that they're is a line where it's too much proselytizing, where it goes overboard, uh, where kids are confused, um, and they might not be homosexual, but they make that choice. So that's where I stand on that. Um, so I'm okay with the Supreme Court decision um, of legalizing uh, gay marriage. I stand with that. Dan, uh, sir, your, your, your thoughts on all this? Well, um, I don't know whether this commercial plays out in your neck of the woods, Jim, but it's playing here in New York. And it's a commercial with on a great big uh, plateau, big flat land, and you see all these human beings with their head in the sand. And all of a sudden, they start pulling their heads out, and they're running towards a cliff, and the implication is they're going to run off of the cliff because they're, they're all making the same decisions at the same time. They're not paying attention to what's around them. Oh yeah, I've seen that a few times. Okay. Yes. Okay, so I think that that's that that's where we may be at this moment in time. I understand and respect your guest to have his opinion about gay marriage. That doesn't mean that I necessarily have to agree with him. I also think that Don's right. That. There is a protected class developing here. Right now, the protected class in America are Muslims. And perhaps as a result of this attack, there will be the, the gay community will become the protected class. Um, but when you understand that in, the, in this nation, we're supposed to have freedom of speech. And if we disagree with what the gay community says they want to have done... We have the right to be able to say that without being criticized as being homophobic. And as a result, when we, have, when we try and have an open discussion, in many cases, we are shouted down because we are, we are treated as individuals who are insensitive, who don't care about the plight of the gay community, or women, or minorities, we are basically homophobes, sexist, racist, and we're prejudiced people. No, we're not. We're people that have an opinion that somebody else may not necessarily agree with. The idea that we're going to try and create a protected class in the gay community, I go back to the question, Jim. If we understand that there are a number of people in the Islamic faith who are opposed to gay relations, how many gays have to be killed in the United States before it causes a fundamental shift in the behavior 
and the openness of the gay community. Will they take their, their lives at risk? Don, your thoughts. Well, um, again, Dan brings up the uh, the, inter- uh, the the interesting uh, observation and puts a broad stroke to it. Um, even in this uh, in so-called enlightened age, uh, gays have uh, still uh, maintain a lower profile th- than one would expect. What I'm, I'm what I'm surprised about. Um, in New York, where I'm, I'm more familiar than in other places, they have um, uh, pretty much kept to themselves and pretty much de- developed uh, a, so- um, a society within a society. And it's very difficult to break that society. It would be very diff- difficult today, uh, even uh, last week, for a gunman to walk into a gay uh, bar and do what was happened in Orlando. Um, uh, I have to tell you an incident that happened to me. I, uh, I was in New York, and I had to go in uh, to the bathroom, and um, I happened to duck into a, 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 a bar, not realizing that it was one of the most famous gay bars in in New York. And it was a very interesting um, uh, experience for a heterosexual man uh, to walk in there, because my every move was charted and watched by everybody in the room. So if someone came in who was a stranger, uh, I think before he could whip out the weapon, I think there would be three or four people uh, on top of him. Um, I I know that's not the case in Orlando. I mean, killing 50 people took a long long time. Uh, And uh, I don't know how more he he wounded. And... Yet it it took uh, a long time for someone finally to wrestle uh, him down. Uh, I don't I don't think that would have happened in that bar in New York or in a lot of other places in New York and other parts of the country. Uh, it's a long answer, to, and I hope it's a uh, uh, one that uh, um, bears on this case. We've got uh, Dan Perkins with us today from thehill.com. We also have Don Mazzella from SB Digest, and we have uh, Voices of Global Freedom, Roy Backpack Barron with us today, who is also uh, a running for President of the United States as well. And um, let, let's talk a little bit about presidential politics and some of the different things. Um, Roy, for, for, for the benefit of Don and Dan, who uh, weren't with us earlier when you were talking about your, your platform, go ahead and uh, give us your thoughts on that, and then I'm going to let our uh, two guys here ask you, uh, two guys from Verona, ask you some questions. Well, I'm running as a centrist candidate again. Uh, the 70% of Americans are centrist. Uh, 15% on the left and 15 on the right are messing it up for the other 70%. I believe that, uh, again, uh, that gay marriage should be in our society because once we do it, uh, it'll be a much more cohesive and accepting society. And as part of our freedoms, uh, nobody has the right to tell other people that who can marry and who cannot marry. I, I want to point out a very important point that I've noticed with all the other politicians. I've watched uh, all the debates, and I've been following it very closely, is that they all, a lot of them are pushing it off on states' rights when they don't want to answer. I know when Ted Cruz and Donald Trump were asked the question about gay marriage, they said, oh, it's up to the states, but I'm, here I am as a candidate. I'm telling you that gay marriage is legal and, and will always be legal now. And when I'm in that chair in uh, 20, starting in 2017, so it's an important point that I'm answering the questions. I'm not pushing these on states, and I think that's a huge problem because whoever does win as uh, president will be appointing judges in all the land. Um, so you got to know everything that they feel, every nook and cranny about this person has to get exposed. So I'm the only candidate who says, okay, I'm not pushing these huge issues on states' rights. I, we already know what their opinions are um, just from their background, but... I'm not going to do that to the American people. I'm, I'm going to answer every question honestly and pragmatically. Dan? Uh, yes, Don, sir. Uh, yes, sir. I'm, I'm, Go ahead. I'm going to let... Go ahead, Dan. Thank you <laughs> for giving me the opening. Uh, let me suggest to you, Mr. Candidate, um, in all due respect, when did the government, when did the central government in this country decide that it was in charge of marriage. When did the central government in this country decide that it was in charge of driver's licenses? 
When did the central government decide they were in charge of divorce? They haven't been. There is no precedent in this country that says that the federal government should decide on behalf of the states. Marriage, divorce, driver's licenses are all state issues. There is no precedent to allow the central government to decide to take power away from the states and the people to make the decision. When did the government decide they knew the best thing for education? For the longest time in the history of this nation, all the things that I just mentioned were states' rights issues, not federal government issues. So there is no precedent for the Supreme Court or for the central government to decide who should marry who. Because you get a state marriage license, you do not get a federal marriage license. It is the state who is responsible for certifying the marriage. And so all of a sudden, we have the federal government and the Supreme Court taking away the rights of the states that have been in the states since the founding of this country. I'm, I am one of those people who believes that the states do in fact have rights. And because they do have rights, they're, they're, they're in a situation where we've got the central government usurping the powers that the Constitution clearly delineates to the states. So the central government should have never gotten involved in gay marriage. The central government should not have ever gotten in the issue of what was the appropriate bathroom for a person who hasn't made up their mind what they want to be. Those are not appropriate federal decisions. The Constitution says that the role of the central government is to provide the protection of the American people. It doesn't give the central government all the power to decide what's going to happen in the states. And I think that that's what's happened in our country, is that we have acquiesced to the central government powers that were delineated under the Constitution to the states' governments. And so when somebody says, whether it's Donald Trump or Ted Cruz or whoever it is, that they believe that's a state's rights issue, that's not begging the question. That's dealing the reality of the Constitution. Education should be a local decision. It should not be a central government decision. Marriage and the process of marriage and the legality of the contract is a state decision, not a federal decision. And the driver's license is a state decision, not a federal decision. The longer we allow the central government to take control of the things that belong to the states, the more we become usurped under the power of the central government. That's not what this country was founded on. Don? Amen. <laughs> Dan, well, it's, it's always difficult to follow you, but it, but it, it's easy. It's, uh, I couldn't agree with you more on that. Uh, uh, but I'll ask the candidate, where do you stand? Is the, the federal government supreme in all these issues, or is the state our state government supreme? Well, I'm a huge states' rights guy, and you can check out my platform on RoyBaron.com, but this particular issue of gay marriage should be a federal and I'll give you another analogy. Is we the federal government had to step in for segregation um, back in the 1950s. We would still uh, have segregation in the South if we didn't have the federal government step in. But in many of many of the issues, I'm a states' rights uh, advocate. But this particular one I see as big as the segregation it, it, uh, issue. So it's a there is a time there has to be an appropriate balance between the federal government. It's gotten way out of control, and there's a lot of programs like the BLM that I want to get rid of. I want to get rid of the IRS and some of the other uh, bloated, wasteful uh, federal. I, I'm uh, in agreement that the central government is way too much. Um, and it needs to, as much as possible, get back to the central government. I mean, as far as getting back to state government. So I, I talk a lot about that. Uh, but this particular issue, I would equate it to segregation. And uh, in 2016, we still have segregation is the reality if the federal government had done nothing back in the 1950s. Well, let me, let, me, let me suggest, excuse me, Don, just one suggestion. Let me suggest, Mr. Candidate, that the Civil Rights Act of 1964 would not have been enacted in this country if it were not for the Republicans, not the Democrats, 
the ones who were supposedly supporting black people. It was the Democrats who were opposed to the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act, and it was the Republicans who worked with Lyndon Johnson to get it passed. So the idea that the Democratic Party represents the black people of this country is, is a bogus representation. But, you know, it's interesting that you compare the civil rights movement with the gay movement. I, I don't want to put you on the spot too terribly, but one of the things that we're discussing in our country today about the bathroom law is the number of people that are affected under the transgender rules. And most people believe that the number that's being bandied about is three-tenths of one percent of the population. I ask you, Mr. Candidate, how many millions of people were affected by the civil rights movement versus how many gay people there are in the country today? How many gay people in the country, if they could have it back, might change their mind on gay marriage as they continue to watch their brothers and sisters being murdered by people who have an idea, ideological difference with them on what's going on? Well, I stand firm with the belief that uh, we would still have segregation, and there are times when the federal government has to step in and uh, do that, and we have to do that with gay marriage as well. So I have to stand with that uh, platform. Um, that's what I stand for. But uh, so there's appropriate powers between the federal and state. And uh, the bathroom issue, I definitely am against that because it's going to destroy our businesses. Uh, I want to make sure that you know a lot of the left-leaning liberals are talking about stuff that are destroying our our hardworking small businesses. So it's a, it's a distinctive issue. One is uh, incorporating a whole. Uh, millions of, of gay Americans into the fabric of America as they're guaranteed uh, to be uh, members of our society, and they're going to be much more successful and very uh, advantageous to our society with that uh, with that marriage certificate. Uh, but the but the bathroom thing, um, I don't like that. I'm against that because it's going to just destroy our small businesses. So there's a there is a fine line with a lot of these issues, and I'm. But let me, let me let me ask you a question about this the small businessman and we have a guy who's an expert Don Mazzella who he'll jump in when I finish here. But but if you if you think about it we all saw the stories of the photographer who refused, the cake baker who refused, the party planner who refused. And as a result of this this legislative process from the Supreme Court now people can be sued if they don't want to serve uh, a cater a gay wedding or make a cake or take photographs or build dresses or whatever. What, what gives them the right to say to a small business person, you have to do this? Why is it that they now have a special right that they have the ability to control the small businesses, caterers, photographers, limousine drivers, whatever, because they're now gay they have the right to decide how the vast majority, and the number is roughly around 95% of the population of this country is not gay, they have the ability to control from a very small minority what's going on in the small business community around the world and in the United States. Why does that make sense to you? I'm against regulation to our businesses. They're getting overwhelmed and destroyed left and right, but I believe if if someone owns a cake company and they want to make cake, uh, let them make however cakes they want. They have the right to refuse business. As soon as you walk in any business, we can re reserve the right to refuse you if you're not wearing, uh, you know, if you're not wearing a shirt or you're not wearing shoes. So that's a very distinctive thing. I've, our businesses are getting slaughtered. Uh, so I'm all about helping our businesses survive. So in that particular issue, I'm all about helping our businesses survive. And they're under deep threats right now with this. Uh, Never would have imagined that Bernie Sanders as a socialist would run and be successful as he has been. But so I'm, I'm very pro business. But I don't understand how you can be pro business when you're you you believe in the gay rights and yet the gay rights when they got there when they got marriage and they got the Supreme Court in their favor, 
they now have control of this. You cannot refuse because if you refuse, you get your ass sued off and you're out of business. How does that help the small business, Don? It doesn't. Uh, in New York, they have a, 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 there's another a list of that. Uh, the Americans for Disability Act enables uh, people to, um, and uh, there's a small group of lawyers and handicapped people that go around and, uh, uh, in effect, sue uh, establishments because they don't have the, they have a step to um, to end. You have to go up before you can uh, uh, enter, or they're in some violation. And there, there again, it's a minority, which are a, a minority of uh, people, um, a minority of people who uh, uh, are in effect hurting small business. Uh, these, these various laws are, are really hurting small business when what we really should be doing is helping them. What are your thoughts on that? You're the candidate. I agree, I agree. we should be doing everything we can to help businesses. They're just barely making it. And uh, like I said, everybody, if you want to make a cake, you have the right to make it however you want, and you can refuse businesses. It's a whole different arena when you walk into someone's private... But do you understand, uh, sir, that you cannot refuse to serve a gay couple? You will be sued, and you probably will lose your business. Well, I'm against frivolous I don't believe that someone should be sued over hot coffee spilled in their lap. That's ridiculous. So I'm going to do everything I can to get rid of these ridiculous lawsuits. It's destroying our country. By these lawsuits, so we got to really take a hard look at that and, and make sure that businesses survive. Well, everybody says we got to take a hard look at them, but pardon me, um, uh, you know, w what do you do? How do you get Congress to uh, uh, repeal these laws? How do you get uh, people to understand that they don't work? That they only help, hire to, um, help a small minority. Well, that's a big part of running as a centrist candidate and looking at what is right for all 316 million Americans. Uh, and what we'll do all, we have a lot of people, uh, the thread of American fabric, and we've got to look towards the American people making these decisions. It's not just these elitists in D.C. that are, are calling the shots. But D.C. is owned by 360 million Americans, so I point that out. So, uh, if I if I might just uh, ask another question, what 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 are you, uh, are you? I'm I'm assuming that you're aware that both the president of the United States, the the two Democratic nominees for the uh, candidates for the nomination of the Democratic Party, both have come out as a result of these uh, massacre in Orlando. Uh, believe that we need to eliminate the the, the AK-47 or the or the equivalent assault rifle to be sold in the United States. Bernie Sanders said on Saturday that this attack, excuse me, on Sunday that this attack was the failure of the Second Amendment. What do you think, sir? Well, I am for guns. I believe in uh, gun heavy zones. The only way to a bad guy is with a good guy with a gun, so I want to increase uh, CCWs. As one of my friends, uh, Sheriff Joy Arpaio, said, we need a lot more citizens law-abiding. Uh, if some people in that Pulse nightclub had guns, uh, CCWs were trained law-abiding citizens, uh, there would have been a lot less casualties in the Orlando shooting. So I'm a huge gun guy in that area. I believe in gun-heavy zones. I'm against uh, gun-free zones. That's the most dangerous place on the planet to be. And pre I, a lot of my friends that I've talked to are even afraid to go to a gun-free zone. They don't even want to go there. So I'm a huge gun. Because only the bad guys will have the gun. You're, you're So you're basically, if I understand what you're saying, you are supporting or agreeing with, perhaps not supporting, but agreeing with Mr. Trump's position that if some of those I'm sorry to say it this way, but if some of those gay people in that bar had guns, maybe a lot more of them would be alive. That's what Mr. Trump yeah. is saying. Are you, are you agreeing with him? 
I want to make sure that everybody has a right to get guns. And the gun, every, a bad guy will always get a gun. Uh, there's nothing we can do to prevent that. So I'm a huge gun advocate. We don't. I want, as a president, I would work with the NRA and the gun owners of America. If I've interviewed uh, Larry Pratt and Eric Pratt, great guys, and work to get rid of these laws that uh, preventing people from having guns. Uh, we're this is a huge issue, but I'm a huge. Uh, like I said, we need gun-heavy zones in all across America. And uh, countless times that someone's been saved by a gun that you don't even hear about it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't hear about that on the liberal media. Do you, do you find it interesting, Mr. Candidate, that the President of the United States, who was standing at a podium in Asia criticizing the American police, was yesterday standing at a podium talking about the bravery of the American police who went in on the SWAT team, the first responders, to take this bad guy out. Is that two-faced? Yeah, it is. I'm against Obama. I've never uh, been a pro-Obama person. I never voted for him. But I, I believe that he is, you saw the speech, he didn't, you, if he, didn't use, he should have used the words Islam and terror together. He's refusing to do that. So it's a huge problem. And uh, our law enforcement and uh, FBI, they're, when they create the reports, they're not allowed to use the word Islam and terror. And uh, I have a website called terrorcamps.com, which identifies a lot of the Muslim Islam terror uh, camps that are uh, thriving across America. There's at least 35 supported by um, the, the uh, Muslims of America, which is linked to a Pakistani terrorist. Okay. So it's all about bringing those down. They need to come down uh, day one when I become president. Okay. Let me ask you uh, another question, if I might. As, as a candidate, uh, what do you think are the three most important issues that you need to address on your first day in office? The number one issue is our country has gotten so divided. You know, everything is about all lives matter, uh, all these different something, something matters. Uh, so bringing people together, I have a specific plan called a national service program. And it's a privatized voluntary program. It'll be similar to signing up for the military. It's a three-year commitment. And it will pay money. Again, it's privatized. And it will be uh, given out to mom-and-pop-type contractors. It's a wonderful program. We've given a lot of thought of it. And it's going to bring America and patriotism together. So the number one issue is we have become the divided United States of America or divided states of America. Ways to bring people together. And I'm running as a centrist candidate. And that's really what the top issue is we're facing right now. Uh, number two is we need to make sure that uh, people have guns. Uh, I give There's three major reasons why people need to own guns. One is to feed their family for hunting. Uh, the other one is to protect their home uh, against invaders. And like I said before, there's been numerous uh, home invasions where the bad guy was killed by a gun. And number three is to protect yourself against the government. So those are major, major issues that uh, everybody's got to have their guns to protect their, their families and against the government. Why do, uh, why do wait, you wait, say wait, let, let him finish, Don, let him finish his third point. What's your third okay. point? The third point Sir, is actually destroying terrorism at its roots. I do have a plan, like the Malta Agreement back in 1945, where all the countries that met in uh, an island in Malta, it was Stalin, it was uh, Winston Churchill and FDR met, and they basically divided it up um and i my plan is to break me with china russia and all the other world countries and say we're going to bring back colonial powers to the middle east we're going to divide it up and we're going to stamp out this uh ridiculous uh muslim uh, sharia uh, korean stuff um and once and for all and bring in military governors uh, they haven't been i use the word cooked the middle east is still living in seventh century ways uh, there's an ad on their craigslist in saudi arabia for a beheader they're so far behind. They're not ready. Uh, they've evolved into uh, just chaos under the Obama and Hillary regimes. So my plan is to bring in, and you won't hear this anywhere else, work with all the other countries and have a similar Malta-type agreement where France would get part of Libya again, and they would control it with a military governor, uh, similar to a State Department, and they would also have a military leader and uh, just really uh, have a strong arm and uh, everybody divides it up and everybody takes a real commitment to destroying this Islam terror once and for all. So uh, just so that I'm clear before I turn it over to Don, those are your three most important issues uh, in your campaign. Is that correct? 
Well, the fourth issue is I would I would like to see at some point, and I know as a president there are limited powers that a president can do. So I would like to see a, someone a newly elected for all 50 states as a representative in Washington, D.C. We do have the National Governors Association, but I want to see the states risen up a whole lot more than they are today. So I would want to have someone who's a, another person who's elected. We, right now we have governors and lieutenant generals that are elected in each state. I have them actually have a seat in Congress and looking at everything as well. So I'm a huge states' rights uh, guy in that area. Okay. So Don? That is a big, the federal government has gotten out of control. It's way too much. Well, I, I, we all agree with that. Uh, it's interesting. You said two points that I wanted to talk about. Uh, one of them is uh, uh, you seem to think that we should be against the government, um, which is, seems to be the, the world today. You're either for government or against it. But uh, uh, I guess I grew up in a time when we just thought of it as the government as working for us. Uh, for us. I, uh, I always quote Harry Truman. I did it yesterday on the air. He, he, uh, when he said... Um, uh, he always thought the president was the servant of the people, and when he left the White House, he thought he got promoted. I, uh, I've always thought that was the way we should look at it. But my other point is, you don't mention the economy. And to me, that is the most important issue that's facing this country right now, and you're not addressing it. How do you address the economy? Well, as I said before, this national service program is privatized and voluntary. We'll bring in a lot of jobs with me that people love to do. It'll help rebuild our crumbling infrastructure. It'll create English teachers. The plan is of using Briggs-Myers uh, aptitude test, those like that, and get people who are from South Chicago in the rough areas, and maybe they're about to enter a gang, and they might be facing uh, some kind of uh, jail time, but and they've, they've never really done a crime before. So move them to Florida and do an aptitude test on them. See, are they, they want to teach English, which... English should be our national language, uh, make that certain. Or maybe they uh, want to join the military or, you know, what is it that they really want to do? And the key to this program is moving someone from a completely different state and it gets them, cuts all their ties to, uh, and they get to see how beautiful and humongous, uh, what a wonderful country this is. But it's, it's bringing back jobs and also bringing back what we can uh, to help rebuild America and bring patriotism, that people from all backgrounds will be working together side by side, as we see in our military. So it's going to be a similar plan to that, but it won't be a, a draft. It'll be a voluntary privatized system called the National Service Program. Uh, Jim? You, you, yes. Jim? Yes, Dan. I, I, As I said, I've been inundated with calls today. I've got to leave at 6 for another interview. But let me let me ask you... You know this. This you, you're you're talking about something similar to the old um, CCC in the in the at, at, as with the depression. Uh, those are government jobs. We need the private sector in this country to spend some of the money they have to try and stimulate this economy. But a central government and a central s central banker has failed miserably in trying to stimulate not only the American economy, but the economies around the world by believing that low interest rates will, in fact, create jobs. Low interest rates don't create jobs if there's no opportunity for a company to grow. Um, the idea of public service, I agree with that, but it's all unskilled labor. We need to find a way to put those people who lost their jobs, the 94.7 million, many of which were skilled labor have lost their lost their jobs. Over a third of the blue collar workers in this country today are unemployed and nearly bankrupt. So we've got an awful lot of people with a lot of talent that we need to put back to work. And your core is a good idea for some people, but we need to find good paying jobs for the rest of the people. Don. Well, I couldn't. I, I was going to ask our uh, candidate uh, another question, if I may, which is. Uh, who would you nominate for the Supreme Court? What type of an individual would you nominate for the Supreme Court? That's another issue we uh, people have seemed to have forgotten about. Well, I would uh, nominate a constitutionalist. Uh, Judge Justice Scalia is someone who I 
I'm very proud and honored. I never got the chance to speak to him, but um, I really like where he stands. So I see where we are at this tipping point. It's such an unusual time in our American history to have four and four, and I see how they vote. But I would vote uh, the way uh, whoever represents the Constitution. We, we, you know, that, that's a big word, uh, represent the, the Constitution. What do you mean yes. by that? Well, um, it would be a person, Justice Scalia stood and voted the way uh, for keeping uh, cohesive our country together and supporting the difference between states' rights and federal rights. So we really, since 1865, the war was about slavery, but it was also uh, took a huge hit on uh, states' rights. So I want to bring back as much to states as possible, um, and it's going to require me meeting with all 50 governors, uh, a lot of meetings. So, you know, like 10 days out of every month, it's going to be exhaustive meetings to see what needs to be moved back and what should be. But like I said before, the BLM needs to be gone uh, as soon as possible, uh, get rid of the uh, Secretary of Education and move it back to state. I work with some of the luminaries I interviewed on Voice of the Global Freedom, offer them cabinet positions, and then take down any roadblocks they might have. So uh, we talked a lot about the issues. I'm against Common Core. It's terrible. Um, I want to bring back vocational schools and training and uh, learn more at Voice of the Global Freedom at RoyBaron.com. Well, that's, that's a, a really, uh, to, to me, a, a great agenda. Uh, I always worry about that. You know, we got 50 states with 50 different uh, uh, problems. Uh, I, I can't imagine Chris Christie getting in the same room uh, with with, with uh, uh, Andrew Cuomo, let alone uh, people from the western states. Uh, you, you have a tall order in, in front of you. How do you intend to get on the 50 ballots? Well, there's still a chance that I might get on as an independent. I have till August 22nd to uh, register as an independent centrist candidate in the state of Texas, which is where I've been, uh, although I've been traveling the country five years. And I wrote the book Looking Glass Shattered, which is on Amazon, Kindle, and paperback. But I would definitely, uh, it would be a lot of exhaustive meetings. I'm prepared for it. I, I don't play golf. I don't do sports. My whole love, I love America. I love uh, my country. I was born here. I have a birth certificate to prove it. And uh, so I would I'd be willing to work. It's all about collaboration and working together. There's a really great website I just met the leaders of. It's called CollaborateNation.com. I'm supporting uh, the leaders of a great guy I just interviewed recently on my own uh, radio show. Another, I'm doing a radio show called Aslugline.com and a, a new thing that's more centrist uh, type of uh, show. But um, I would have to be able to convince like a Chris Christie out of New Jersey that uh, out of New Mexico or other states that, you know, we got to make this decision and, you know, especially our crumbling federal uh, states, interstates that Eisenhower brought to life. Uh, there has to be a way to collaborate between the states because I do see that a New Jersey governor is going to be mostly interested in New Jersey and a, a New Mexico governor is going to want New, Jer uh, New Mexico stuff. So it's going to be a lot of work, but I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm putting myself out there. Well, uh, you're to be admired for that alone. Uh, you, it, no, uh, to, to do something like that, you have to. Uh, you should be uh, admired, because uh, because you 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 suffer an awful lot of rejection before you get um, uh, affirmation. So, uh, good luck to you. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. It means a whole lot to me. And uh, God bless you. God bless America. Well, as we, we all up, want that. As we wrap up here, Don, um, but before we let you go, I know that uh, we're going to be talking, uh, I believe, tomorrow. You and Dan are going to be talking with IQ Al Rizzoli about uh, this uh, this shooter situation and some of the other things. But uh, as we go, how do, how do we find you online? And then we'll let oh. uh, Roy wrap it up here for us. Uh, DonMazzello.com and uh, uh, Twitter is um, uh, hashtag 2SBDigest. Um, uh, my, my book, uh, An American Family uh, Sampler, is, is really starting to take off thanks to you and my efforts here. So uh, I, I really appreciate that. 
Well, uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, it's a good time, and uh, Dan uh, had had to bolt out of here, but uh, check him out uh, online, danperkins.guru. Uh, and um, Roy, before we let you go, how do we find you online, sir? Uh, sir, you can find me on Twitter with uh, My Human Compass, which has over 66,000 people. My book is Looking Glass Shattered. It's on Amazon, Kindle, and paperback. Uh, my website's RoyBaron.com. Learn more about the policies that I'm uh, proposing, and also um, I do. I'm actually exclusively here on the Jiggy Jaguar show. I'm doing a hike for America with 316 million Americans. I'm starting in Hot Springs, uh, 